0: This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Matthew 24, verses 10 through 13. And I noticed this morning when I was going over this, I made a mistake on verse 11, so I'll read it so I don't make a mistake. But you, um, verses 10, 12, and 13 are there on your, your, your notes. But it says, And then many will be offended. Now, the disciples are asking Jesus, Okay, what what are the signs of the end time? What are the signs of your coming? And in verse 10 it says, And then many will be offended, will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached into all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Verse 10, and then many will be offended. And many will be offended. And then he lays out a progression, Luke chapter 17, verse 1. You don't have to turn there, but Jesus said, in the last days many offenses are coming but we don't have to take the offense because Jesus lays out the progression of what happens whenever a person gets offended he says okay many will be offended and then will betray say betray Betray one another, will hate one another. Then false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And he says, but those who endure to the end will be saved. So, so track with me here this morning. We're going we're gonna to cover a lot of country in a short amount of time. So he says, whenever offense come." now the word offense in the Greek is the word scandalizo, and it's where we get our word scandal. So Jesus says, okay, many, many, many means a majority. It means at least 51%. Many will be offended. Now I want to pause here because whose choice is it whether I get offended or not? It's mine, right? He says, but there's coming a time when many will be offended. Look at the definition of the word offended or scandalizo. It's, it means to entrap or trip up. It means to cause to stumble, displeased at all at a thing, to become indignant, to cause anger or shock at what has been done, to judge unfavorable or unjustly of another, to cause one to distrust and desert one that he ought to trust and obey and to no longer believe. Now, the word offend, it paints a picture. When I was a little boy, you know, I don't know if you did this, but... I, you know I, I remember setting up little boxes and I'd have this stick you know setting up holding up the box and I'd stick the bait whether I was trying to catch a rabbit or a squirrel or just anything I mean I just wanted to catch something you know and so I'd put up this little box and I'd have this stick there and I'd put the bait on you ever done that and I'm not I'm not I know the guys are relating they're like oh yeah and so what what would happen is whenever they would get in there and they would hit the stick and whoo the box would drop on them right and you're like yeah you know I mean, victorious. I mean you really felt like a man you know even as a young boy you did that But that's what the word offense, the picture that it paints. That the enemy wants us to play with a trip stick so he can catch us and hinder us from being everything that God has called and created us to be. He says, now when this begins to take place, he says betrayal sets in, hate sets in, deception sets in, And the ultimate goal is that when lawlessness abounds, the word lawlessness in the Greek is the word anomia, and it means to disobey the word, the will, or the authority of God. So he says, when you don't deal with this according to the word of God, eventually your love will grow cold. Now this word love here is the word agape. And and I know several of you, most of you come to these services here, even though it's cold. If you're on TV, it's cold here in Stephenville, Texas. That's why we got our gloves and coats on and everything. But this love is not talking about love that just a husband and wife have. There's four different words for the word love in the Bible. You know, you have storge, you have eros, you have phileo, which everybody has those types of love. And that means like the love of a husband and wife, the brotherly love, phileo, storge, like the love of a a movie star or somebody like that. But the word agape is the word that he's talking about here. And this is the love, listen... Only the people that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior have this love on the inside of them And the devil's ultimate goal is to get your love for God to grow cold Because if our love for God grows cold then we can never walk in the power of God the presence of God the will of God the plan of God And it's not God's fault It's whenever the offense came picture with me we were playing with the little trap stick and we didn't deal with it correctly and snap it dropped down offense came betrayal came hate came the word hate in the Greek is a picture that paints like a vacuum that is absent of air and it's painting a picture of the love that there's a vacuum of love on the inside of us that it's empty And this word hate, see, we think of hate as an emotion where we're just, oh, we're turning red, right? And we're just screaming or yelling. But hate has emotion and hate has no emotion. So a person can have no emotion attached to it, but there's still hate involved in their life. So he says, this is important. Please listen this morning. Give me your best. Say I'm going to give you you my best, Trey. Say that with me. I'm going to give you my best. So he says, many offenses will come. You're going to have many opportunities to play with the trip stick. He says, but it's very important that you don't allow the offense to set in because whenever you do, then you're going to betray the ones that you're supposed to trust. And the ultimate person we're supposed to trust is God. But the Bible says that I can't love a God I can't see if I don't love man who I can see. See, we can make a God we can't see say anything we want Him to say. And we do that a lot of times. We want to bring God down to our level instead of serving God the way He wants us to, to serve Him. We serve Him on our terms. Can we be real just for a little bit? We don't want to be this, but, but we do this a lot. God, I'm going to serve you as long as it fits into my agenda. I'm going to serve you as long as it's, it's, it feels good. I'm going to serve you as long as it's easy. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to give the, the way I want to give. I'm going to worship the way I want to worship. Instead of worshiping the way that God wants us to worship, instead of giving the way God wants us to give, instead of serving the way God wants us to serve, we want to do it our way. We feel like we have a right, especially in America, we feel like we have a right to do things our way. So let's just take that over to offense. Do you have a right to be offended? Now, God's going to respect our choice and our decision. Listen, He will respect our choice and decision all the way to hell if that's what we choose. So when it comes down, do you have a right to be offended? You have a choice whether you're going to be offended or not, but it's not for your benefit or my benefit if we stay offended because if we stay offended eventually our love for God will grow cold Now, sometimes and I can hear some of you saying you don't know what I've been through you don't know what they've done to me you don't know how they hurt me you don't know how they stole from me you don't know how they betrayed me you don't know how they stabbed me in the back you don't know And to that statement, I want you to listen. I know this isn't a feel-good message this morning, but it's a life-changing message. To that statement, you know what the truth is? That when we say, you don't know what they did to me, you're really saying, I don't understand what Jesus did for me. Because when I understand what Jesus forgave me of, when I understand the power that His blood cleansed me from all sin, when I understand that Jesus forgave me of all the dumb stuff I've ever done in my life and all the dumb stuff that you've ever done in your life, then we begin to tap into the love of God that gives us the power and ability to be able to release and forgive somebody who did steal, who did betray, who did do us wrong. If you're a born again child of God, and hopefully, if you're not, hopefully this is the day that that takes place in your life. If we're in the family of God, then we have the ability of God to forgive people, to release people, and to let go. The word offense also paints the picture. You know, over in, in Africa, how they catch monkeys. You ever, maybe you had never read how they catch monkeys, but what happens is they stick like a coconut inside this bar, inside this cage here, and they already go ahead and put the cage down, and the monkey comes up, and he reaches in, and he grabs a hold of the coconut. And when he grabs a hold of the coconut, his fist does this and he tries to get it out. But all he has to do is just open his hand and release it and the coconut will drop and he gets free. But the monkey is so determined that he wants the coconut and it holds him in place until they walk up and boom, hit him on the head. And all he had to do was let go of the coconut. And when you and I feel like we have the right to hold on to the offense, guess who's the monkey? On. <laughs> Come on. Takes monkeying around to a whole new whole new level, doesn't it? Sure does. All we have to do is let go of the coconut. All we've got to do is let go of the hurt. All we got am I saying it's easy? I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's a process. Remember he says the love of many will grow? Cold? Growing is a process. It don't just happen. It's a process. He says, many offenses will come. Go with me in your notes there. You can read some of it. I'm just skipping through for time. But but let's go on. I believe it's on the third page there. Go to Psalms 55. Because a lot of times it's it's easy to to forgive people that are in a distance from us, right? People that we don't know very good. You know, we're in front of people all the time, so the more you're in the public, the more opportunities you have to forgive people because they just take snapshots at you. We get letters all the time. And you know, and so you get to practice forgiving. No, you know, my wife said all the time, how can you just let it go? How can you? I said, I've had a lot to practice at this over the years, right? And in Psalms 55, it says, For it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion, my acquaintance. We took counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. So what is he saying? He says, it's not my enemy. I could deal with it being my enemy. He says, but it's those that that are close to me he says that's what I'm having an opportunity with right now remember it's easier to forgive people that we really don't know but how about our spouses can I get an amen those of you who are married I mean if you've been married more than a day you know you're gonna have opportunity right but but notice the process of love there at first whenever you're first married or dating somebody I mean they can do no wrong I mean everybody else can see all their faults and they're thinking oh bless the Lord we need to pray for you right But you just think, oh, I just love them. I just just love them. I just love them. And then you get married and all the faults are revealed, right? But see, love is a choice. Right? It's not a feeling. Love is a choice. Now, feelings will come, but love is a choice. It's a, it's a choice to keep loving when they're being unlovable. H- how about when it comes to, to spiritual leaders? How come when it comes to kids? How, come, how about when it comes to the people close to us? Love is a choice. Am I going to be the monkey that hangs on to the coconut, or am I going to let it go? Because mature love, it's a, it's, a, it's a process sometimes that sometimes we got to forgive and we got to release and we got to let go, not once, not twice, not three times, but four, five, and six, and ten, and a hundred, and three hundred, and... Go with me to Matthew chapter eight, 18, verse 21. It says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. 490 times for the same sin in the same day. What was he saying? My love is inexhaustible. That's, that's forgiving every three minutes if you and I didn't go to sleep for 24 hours. Every three minutes, I mean, you've got to be good at sinning first and foremost to do it that many times, right? But you also got to be good at forgiving if you're going to do it 490 times. What was he saying? The same love that's in me is the same love that's in you. The same love that I forgave you of every sin that you've ever done or every sin you're ever going to do or every sin that's in this world is the same love that's on the inside of you and you have the ability to forgive the same way. So he's, and, 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 and notice as you track this story here, after he explains the forgiving 490 times for the same sin in the same day, the disciples, their response was, Lord, increase my faith. In other words, Lord, I'm going to need help with this one, okay? I realize I, I'm not going to be able to do this in my own strength. So let's keep going. Verse, verse 23, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, about $10 million. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and the payments be made. The servants therefore fell down, saying, Master... Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the masters of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him of his debt. Now, before I go on, I just want to clear this up so when my wife watches the show here, I was really talking, I wasn't talking about I was talking about me on the spouses, you know, revealing the fault. I just want to cover that. Are you with me? That's just wisdom, right, guys? I just want to clear that up, babe, if you're watching. so, So Matthew chapter 18... Verse 28, so what, notice what he's saying. He says, okay, man, this guy, he couldn't pay it. Ten million dollars, he comes to him. He, the guy says, there's no way that I can pay it. And he says, please have mercy on me. Please be patient with me. Please be compassionate. And what did the master do? He was moved with compassion, and he released him of all his debt. Has anybody had their debts released, their sin forgiven in their life? Every single one of us. But see, that's the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation because sometimes people put all that in the same bucket, so to say. They think if I forgive, then that means we're automatically reconciled. Okay, So, so let's, let's look at this for a second. Forgiveness means that before I knew God, while I was still a sinner, He already forgave me. Before I apologized, He already forgave me. If people never apologize, He's already forgiven them. Forgiveness is, I forgive you whether you forgive me or not. I forgive you whether you want to mend this relationship or not. Are you with me? Reconciliation is whenever I'm reconciled to God is whenever I realize I'm wrong and without Jesus, I'm, my, I deserve to go straight to hell so I repent I apologize I receive my forgiveness I turn and I go after God and when I accept Jesus I'm reconciled to God so so true repentance brings reconciliation forgiveness is there we've got to make a decision I forgive you whether you ever ask apologize or not are you with me whether before I gave my life to God I was already forgiven It's when I realized that he had already forgiven me. It's when I realized I was separated from God. It's when I realized that his blood cleansed all my dumbness. And I accepted Jesus. Then I was brought into relationship with God. And so now I'm reconciled. Are you with me? Let's keep let's keep reading here. Matthew chapter 18, verse 28 through 35. But that servant went out, so this guy that was forgiven. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have... Had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you, and his master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due him. He says, So my heavenly father also will do to you, each of you, from his heart. I'm gonna read that again. My heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. What was he saying? He was saying, I forgave you, and then you went out, and for a day hundred days' wages, you grabbed this guy by the throat and you wanted him to pay you back. And he says he delivered him to his tortures. And he says, now listen, the same way that you forgive is the same way you're going to be forgiven. Let's look at this in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. For if you forgive... Notice this. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Pause. Look up here. I want us to think about this because a lot of times we can, we can be so churchy thinking that we're good and everything is fine, just we're going to go to church on the way to the rope and we're going to feel better about ourselves. And, and you should feel empowered. You should feel free when you leave church. You should be encouraged. You should be full of hope. But listen, he says, in order for us to walk in all that God has created us to walk in, he says, in order for us to walk in the forgiveness, you're going to be forgiven to the same degree that you forgive. How are you doing? Don't raise your hand. Just think. Now Jesus is the one that said this. He says, if you want to be forgiven, you forgive. He says, to the same degree that you forgive... Is going to be the same way that you receive the forgiveness the same way you forgive that person that hurt you yeah the same way that you forgive forgive that person that betrayed you yeah the same way are you, are you tracking with me and sometimes it, it hurts right every one of us have been through things that it's hard it's difficult And now for example Jared he's a big strong guy works out and everything and if I were to push him it wouldn't yeah, he wouldn't like it, but it wouldn't he would get over it pretty quick. But what what if I took a two by four or something like that and, and hit him? It would hurt a little bit more, wouldn't it? But see, some, some offenses are like that. And hopefully you're in the process of becoming spiritually in shape that, that if somebody offends you, no problem, you can shake it off pretty easy because you're 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 kind of spiritually fit. But as it gets as you go through the process of time, you need to make sure you keep staying in shape so when offense really comes and really tries to take you out, you get back in the game quicker than you would have been if you had been out of shape. Are you with me? Some offenses are more intense than other offenses, but we still have the choice. Remember the monkey hanging on to the coconut? Look at your neighbor and say, let it go. Look at your other neighbor and say, Don't be a monkey. Don't be a monkey. <laughs> how are you doing? On the inside as as we're talking about this, how, how are you really doing? on the inside you know when I you know several years ago I I was doing this I was doing this roping clinic a camp and and I was. this guy rode up behind me on a horse and he, he just left his coals on the saddle you know and he, he and and I, I don't know where he went he just took off and the horse is standing behind me I didn't know he was behind me and when I stepped back what had happened is his rope had fell off fell off the saddle horn the loop deal and I stepped right in the loop and this horse spooked and just spun and just took off I mean you, it just sounded like a shotgun boom, I mean, it just blew my knee out and this horse is dragging me across the arena and, of course, all instantly, you know, you're thinking of all the people you know that have died like that and all their stories and stuff. And I said, angels, you do your job. And that horse just stopped in the middle of the arena and I kid you not, the coals just unwound from that saddle horn. Well, I went and I had to do surgery and stuff on my knee. And, 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 and so they said it was, I was rodeoing that year. And they said, you know, you got to have knee surgery right after Christmas. So that was my Christmas present. I had knee surgery, my meniscus, my ACL. I mean, it blew the whole thing out. But in 10 days was the qualifier at Denver. And I told the physical therapist, I said, listen. I said, devil doesn't win in my life, period. I said, I'm going to rope at Denver in 10 days. Oh, oh, my gosh, you can't do that. I said, yeah, you watch. I will do it. Yeah. And so I was determined that during this process, I wanted to be healed as quick as possible. And how many of you know when you go to a physical therapist, at first you're not thinking they're the coolest thing since I split. What do you want to do? You want to punch them right in their chops, Right. I mean, because they're tweaking, and they're pushing, and they're pulling, and they're stretching. Why? Because they're trying to get you back where you can be the best you you can be. And sometimes when you've had a hurt that is very painful, that at at first, at the beginning, it's painful and it hurts, but stay in the process, make the decision that it doesn't matter how much I hurt, I'm going to let go of the coconut. Say, let go of the coconut. See, we don't pray just so it feels good. Or let me put it a different way: how, how do you know if you're praying? If you're hurt and you've had offense in your life, and you know that if you don't deal with it, it's going to affect your future, how, do you pray? And you know that you're praying right because you feel good? No, you pr- you know you're praying right when you're praying the Word of God. And sometimes you pray in pain. Sometimes you pray in hurt. In the beginning, most of the time, you always pray in pain. You always pray in hurt. But how do I know if I'm praying right? When I'm praying God's Word, it empowers me to tap into the love of God to pray correctly. Let, let's look at this scripture over here, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 45. And I'm getting ready to be done. It says, You've heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies... Bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Notice how he doesn't say, uh, pray for your mom, pray for your dad, pray for your brothers, pray for those that it's easy to pray for. What does he say? Pray for those, bless those, release those that have done harm to you. I have done evil for you. And by the way, I did rope at Denver in 10 days, and I was determined whenever I, I stepped in that saddle and they turned the steer. I won. I actually won the first go-around of the preliminary that day. I was determined, I don't care if you talk to me, I'm gonna talk back to you. You are healed and you're gonna be stronger than ever. Sure enough, I drove my Drew Horner and he roped and stuck the steer and come around there and I roped it. And, oh, and of course, I was like this, and I got off my horse as fast as I could, but I got it done. <laughs> He's saying, okay, how do I deal with it when people have hurt me? How do I deal with it when people have wronged me? How do I deal with it? He says, pray. Because prayer connects us to the Heavenly Father. And when we pray the Word of God, now you don't pray, God, get them. Like the old country song. I don't even know what they're Remember you know, the country song? I hope they, you know, their car wrecks and they lose their dog and all that type of stuff. That's not true praying, right? No, I pray according... Now listen, how, how do I pray? pray for them the way you pray for yourself and at first you're going to have to do it by faith father i just ask you to bless them and on the inside you're wanting to take them out god i just ask that you surround them with favor and really on the inside you're hoping that they get took out by the first truck that comes riding by i'm just being real right i know i'm not the only one that have thought those things But the more you do it, the more you stay in it and you begin to pray. Father, I ask you to protect their kids and I ask you to lead them and guide them and direct them. And I ask you to heal their body. How do you pray for yourself? How would you want somebody to pray for you? God, I ask you to open doors for them that no man can shut. I ask you to to surround them with the right friends and the right family. Father, I ask that you bring resources into their life so they can fulfill their calling and assignment. And the more you do it at first, you were doing it totally by faith. But then there comes a time when you hit a gusher that you're truly doing it, the love of God is just flowing out of you, and you're actually meaning what you say. Remember, at the very beginning, Jesus said, many offenses will come. Many are going to have the opportunity, this Johnson paraphrase, to stick their hand through the bar and grab a hold of the coconut. But with many offenses, every one of us had the decision to let go of the coconut. And many more offenses are going to come, and many more offenses are going to come, and many more offenses are going to come. And maybe you need to forgive your your parents today. Maybe you need to forgive your friends. Maybe you need to forgive an ex-spouse. Maybe you need to forgive a spiritual leader. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. Now stay with me here. Let's finish strong this morning. What offense is still in your heart that has caused you to betray, caused you to separate? From the people that God has ordained you to connect to, what is that offense that you need to let go of the coconut? Say, let go of the coconut. coconut. Because if I don't, then betrayal sets in, and then hate sets in, and then lawlessness. If I don't deal with it according to the Word of God, remember, forgiveness is different than reconciliation. Second Corinthians uh, chapter seven, he talks about there's a difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow. Now think with me. Worldly sorrow is is you get caught doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing, you get caught messing around, you get caught doing this, you get caught and you're like, oops, I apologize about that. But there's no change. He says, but godly sorrow... It's whenever you realize that you're wrong and you say, God, I apologize. You say, God, I repent. And He says, there's passion there. There's desire there. There's eagerness there. There's true change in a person's focus and their mindset and their heart. And they want to be different. They want to grow. They want to develop. Are you with me? The difference between, oops, I got caught, and truly, God, help me. I want to change. Who is that person, that coconut? (laughs) I'll just use that. That kind of helps you a little bit, doesn't it? (laughs) Who or what is that coconut that you need to let go of? Because if we don't deal with it, betrayal's coming. Hatred's coming. Listen, and sometimes we think we're an exception. It it might happen to you, Pastor, but it won't happen to me. We're not an exception. He says betrayal, hatred. He says lawlessness takes place, deception kicks in. And then the love of many grow cold. The love of many grow cold. We lose our passion for God. We lose... Now, you can be religious, listen to me, you can be religious and still be offended. You can go through the motions, oh, bless you, brother, hallelujah, yeah, I go to Zama Zama Church and everything's okay, bless you. And still be offended. But going after, look at me, Going after the presence of God, truly knowing the will of God, going after the power of God, going after God, I want all that you have for me. We can't stay full of offense and passionate for God at the same time. Offense will plug up your generator. Offense will plug up your heart and out of our heart flows the issues of life. What offense do you need to let go of this morning? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me? Who is that person that you need to forgive because you're not an exception? If there's offense there, maybe it's a spouse, forgive them. I want you to say this with me, and I want you to picture that person that you need to forgive. I want you to picture that offense in your heart, and I want you to say this with me. Father God, right now, I choose to forgive them. I choose to release them, and I choose to let it go. I forgive them, I release them, and I let them go. I forgive them, I release them, and I let them go. I drop the coconut. I forgive them, I release them, and I let them go. Now the heads bowed and eyes closed, you're here this morning. And you know that that's going to be an ongoing process because of the hurt and the pain that you've gone through. And you might have to do that little exercise we just did every day of your life for the next 30, 40, half a year maybe. You know that you're going to need help doing this, forgiving, releasing, and letting go. I want to see your hand up in the air. Will you just lift your hand if you're going to need help with that? And I want to, I want to pray over you just as a whole. Put your hands down. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray over the people that just lifted their hands saying, Father, I need help in forgiving and releasing and letting go. Father, I just ask that the offense and betrayal and the deception and the hurt and the pain is uprooted. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to flood every inner world, every part of their inner world and bring healing and wholeness to them in the name of Jesus.